Good morning, saints. Man, I, I am really excited this morning. I, I feel, uh, of course, I have a really uh, great announcement to make, which is probably half the reason I'm excited. But I just really feel like in the spirit, great things are ahead. Awesome things. Um. Well, the good news is this is so great. I'm so excited about this. You know how we're getting crowded in here. And Clark has decided to move the class to the main auditorium. So I'm still going to be, we still start at 930, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be. (laughs) Take this off the tape. The The laughter is on the tape. No, really, I really have to be at 9.30 now. I really have to. Because we have to stop at 10.15 it's for, the, for the worship team to get on the stage. I'm going to be on the floor still because I don't want to lose the intimacy we have. Yes. So I'm going to be on the floor in the center section of the auditorium. So everybody just move close. And what's so cool about this is we're going to have plenty of room. And those who have ne- maybe never come to the class, they can sit in the far back row if they want to and just... Listen, and then maybe they'll move forward. So there's, yeah, but we've had people, st- yeah, drawn. We've had people stand at the door. We've had people who actually tried to come in, couldn't come in because there's not enough room. So I think this is going to be a really good thing to have plenty of room. So at nine, from 9.30 till 10.15, and that gives everybody time to, oh, yeah, they wanted me, to, uh, Bill wanted me to let, let you guys know if, if after the class at 10.15, if you want coffee or whatever, Please go right then to the lobby because they're going to start um, closing down the lobby at 1020. No, 25, 1025. So we have only 10 minutes for this group to get coffee and stuff. Of course, you can get coffee before the meeting starts too, so either way. Um, and then uh, they'll close it down at 1025 so everybody's, you know, focused on the, on the worship meeting, so, which I think is great. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's the other part. This is, this, uh, this is what I'm really excited about. What I'm really excited about also is that beginning October 6th, when we go to the main auditorium, Clark's going to start streaming live this class all over the world. It's, it, it's cheaper than TV, that's for sure. I'm just, I'm just really, really excited. You know, um, I'm just, I cannot say um, enough about how I'm excited about what's going to happen with as, as, as Clark's message and this message gets out more and more and more people are seeing this and um, we just shipped uh, 15, 15 of Clark's books to a brother in uh, Liberty College, Liberty University. He, uh, he, he came down for the Grace Conference. He and his mom and dad and his sister came down for the Grace Conference. He's now a, he's now a student at Liberty University, Lynchburg. And um, so we, I don't want to put his name on the tape because it might get back to... Liberty, and they're like, where's this guy? Preaching grace. Um, hopefully not, but uh, anyway, he, he is really excited about starting a grace revolution on the campus of Liberty, and he can do it. So we, we sent him 15 books of pure grace to start handing out or whatever to select people that God leads him to, and he'll be sharing the gospel of grace at Lynchburg of Liberty University. We'll see what happens there. So I'm excited about that, but good things are happening. Awesome thing. So October 6th, Sunday, October 6th, um, will be our first meeting in the main auditorium, 930, uh, streaming live from that day forward. And uh, just be in prayer for, you know, 
things to go great because I think this is something the enemy has tried to stop for a long time and, and just not just the live streaming, but just the message, the message to not to keep it, keep it, you know, in a small area. Don't let it get out. And then, you know, it's just you can't keep you can't stop. You can't stop. Like I love that Dan Fogelberg song. It's, you, it's nothing you can say but say yes to the morning. You can't stop the morning. There's nothing to say but yes to the morning. Morning's coming. Dawn is coming. Isn't that awesome? God gave that to me when I was a young believer. I was like depressed, you know, as a young believer, you know, just like struggling with sin and flesh. And I was wanting to, you know, live for God and all this fleshly struggle and wanting to be in the spirit and all this stuff as a young believer. And, and God really ministered to me as a young believer from the Dan Fogelberg song, uh, To the Morning. It's called To the Morning. If you ever want to look that up, listen to that song, To the Morning. It's an awesome song. I would, I would sit in my apartment at LSU and just like, oh, God, thanks so much. It's like, and it was like God was saying, don't worry, don't worry. You can't say no to the morning. It's coming. Just say yes to the morning. It's coming. <laughs> Somebody had a hand up. Oh, yeah. I think we'll start doing that more. Okay. Yeah, because we couldn't, repro- we couldn't really promote too much because there's no room. <laughs> yeah, but now we, can, now we can promote it freely without any issues with room, you know. So that's a good idea, and I'm sure it's going to be promoted more now that it's, it'll be streaming live and it'll be in the main auditorium at 930, that kind of thing. In fact, they already put it on the website. Grace Orlando's website already has uh, Seeing Grace. We're going to call the class Seeing Grace. To, the same as my website. So it's going to be Seeing Grace, and it's, it's already an announcement on the website saying it starts at 9.30, streaming live beginning October 6th. So, so excited. So, let's, let's see what the Lord has to say today. I tell you, I'm just so, I'm really um, just basking in what Hazel Parker shared with me this week. Um, Hazel was we were just talking and she was sharing how she said, you know, I was thinking about how um, I wonder if God, you know, he, he, um, well, she first she, start, she started off saying, I, I just, it's amazing that God would even um, want to, you know, be with us. We're so weak and so, you know, what is man, the scripture says, that, that you should be mindful of him. Made a lower than the angels, you know. What is man? And Hazel said she really heard the Father speak to her about how much he wanted love back from us, and how. And she said this. She said, "I wonder if he's really getting what he wanted." And then she said. And you know what's amazing about him is that even if he doesn't get what he really wanted, he's still with us. I tell you, it's powerful. I wonder if he's really getting what he wanted. He wants a bride. He wants a lover. I wonder if he really is getting what he wanted. And even though we don't give him sometimes what he really wants, which is nothing more than our love, just to be with him. Because that's what his desire is toward us, to be with us. He's still with us. He said to the prophet, you know, go and go and uh, buy 
go buy Gomer, the prostitute, that whole picture of Israel, you know, prostituting herself. And, and um, God said, go buy her, go buy her, bring her back. God teaching us through the prophet and through Gomer that his, his great love for us, that his number one desire is to be with us. I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said, that where I am, you may be also. If it were not so, I would have told you. And we know that that is not referring to his second coming. We know now that that's referring to what he prepared in himself. He is the Father's house. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. And through his awesome work of death and resurrection, we have become the living stones of his house. We are his house, Hebrew says. Whose house we are, the scripture says. Living stones. One with him. Bone of his bone. Flesh of his flesh. He has done it. He has prepared a place in himself that we may be where him, where he is. Paul says we are now hidden with Christ inside the Father. We are where he is. We are seated with him now in heavenly places. He did it. He did it so we could have intimacy, so we could have fellowship. He did it. And but what Hazel said was so powerful. She said, I wonder if he really, if he's enjoying what he, what he bought. I wonder if he's really, I wonder if he's enjoying it. I wonder if, I wonder if he's really getting all he really wants in terms of intimacy and love. And he doesn't want us to work for him any more than you wanted your bride to work for you when you married her. You didn't propose to get an employee. You did, it, you did not propose to get an employee. You proposed and determined to be the worker for her. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to work for her. I'm going to bless her. I'm going to have, give her the best life ever. How much more, God? I tell you, it's big. It's huge what Hazel saw. God's heart. I wonder if he's getting what he wants, what he really wants. And in many cases, he is. And he wants to bring us deeper and further. But he just sparked something in me that made me want to love him all the more. Made me want to... He's such a humble God. It's the humility of God is astounding. It's unbelievable. The humility of God. You know, that he would be born in a stable. That he would be... Uh, that he for 30 years be unknown among us. Until the right time. That he would allow himself to be beaten and crucified. And even on the tree, even then, to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The humility of God. And it carries over in, in his love life with us. The humility. That even though we don't even mention his name in the morning, he mentions our name. You know, even though we don't even think about him sometimes in the morning or in the evening, he thinks about us. I have written, I have put your name on my hand, the palms of my hand, scripture says. The scars are still there. He calls us by name. 
If he calls the stars by name, how much more can he call his own sons and daughters by name? In fact, he's given us a new name. He not only knows our old name, he knows our new name. Revelation says that we all have a new name that he gave us, that we will one day find out. And I think sometimes we can find out now if we ask him. Uh, I don't know. This is awesome. This is the great love of the Father revealed in the Son, taught to us by the Holy Spirit, you know, that we would receive that love and, and be lost in Him. You know, that a while back we shared the, the end of that movie, King Kong, you know, when King Kong fell off the Empire State Building, the, the latest movie they made about the old story of King Kong. And we talked about how that last scene, you know, the, he was in love with the girl, you know, and he was now dead at having fallen off the Empire State Building. At the very end of the movie, that the guy comes, the guy that went to the island to get him, he comes in there and the, he heard the reporters taking pictures and stuff saying, why did he go up there? You know, he had to know that was a dead end. He was going to die. And I guess the planes got him, they said. And the guy said, he said, no, the planes didn't kill him. Beauty killed the beast. Beauty killed the beast. He was in love with her. He knew he was going to probably die, but he wanted to be with her one more time. He searched the city for her, remember that? And brought her up to the mountain one more time. They used to, they used to sit in the mountains and watch the sun rise together. And she would say, beautiful, beautiful. She, he saw in her the beauty of the sunrise. You see, God is in all these movies. God is speaking. Beauty. Beauty kills the beast. And I tell you, saints, the beauty of holiness, the beauty of holiness, the beauty of God, the beauty of otherness. Holy means other. Other. The beauty of otherness. The beauty of God's otherness. The beauty of holiness. The beauty of God. It is beauty that will kill the beast in us. The flesh. It is beauty that will kill the beast. All our struggles in the flesh. They're no match. No match for the beauty of God. For the beauty of God. Get lost in the love of God. Paul said this. The answer to the flesh is very simple. He said, when you see, when I see the height and the width and the breadth and the depth of the love of God, we will be filled with the fullness of God. I think that will take care of the flesh. I think being filled with the fullness of God will take care of the flesh, will take care of the beast. And then he says, according to the power that works within us. Jesus, the express image of the Father. Oh, man. Yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love, he says to us. And with loving kindness, I have drawn you to myself. He said to Israel, I, I take you on eagle's wings and bring you to where? The mountain where you're going to 
give the law? No. I put you on eagle's wings and I brought you to myself. Myself. In the last days, they who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Father, thank you so much for helping us see you. Oh, God. We want to be that lover that you've looked for. Oh, God. No good thing will you withhold from us. You get so excited when we just gaze at you. As Song of Solomon says, when you turned your eyes toward me, my heart beat faster. You say, run with me, run with me. Fear not. Come, my beloved. Come away, my beloved. Run with me. For this purpose I have come, that I might remove all things between you and me. Behold the Lamb who took away the sin of the world. Come, my beloved. It is true. If it were not so, I would have told you. Come boldly to my throne of grace. You will find help and mercy in time of need. Oh, my beloved, I see no spot in you, no wrinkle or any such thing. Come, come, my beloved. Amen. God does give group hugs. We just got one. All of us. <laughs> That's right. He really does. Oh my God. Thank you, Lord. I know. What? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. That song. Watches, what's that? 10.07. Okay. Yes. Tiffany. Yes. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. And I saw how he had us in his name. Awesome. I was really blown away by it, and I was, I was it happened really fast, and I thought, well, maybe there's more. And right away, he showed me this. Jehovah. And I'm a terrible speller, so just ignore it if it's spelled wrong. It's not shaking. Okay, so Jehovah the Father is the name. He made me Oh, yeah. Yes. Awesome. 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 Thanks, Tiffany. That's so true. So awesome. That's awesome. If he speaks in movies, he can certainly say something in his name. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, You know, you know why I get um, frustrated sometimes with legalism and when I hear uh, teaching on the radio or TV or read a book that is a mixture of law and grace, the reason... I think part of it, I mean, when I first saw the grace of God, part of my anger and frustration when I heard mixed messages, wrong messages, legalistic messages, part of it was a sense of, why didn't you tell me this? You know, like an angry thing. Like, I went through a lot of pain for nothing because I was told a a mixture of truth and lie, you know. And then over the years, I got more mellow instead of preaching grace with a baseball bat. I mean, some of my earlier tapes are, are toxic. They're, it's, it's truth with the machine gun. You know, just like angry at the legalist. I mean, I can't even hear myself. I, I listened with my tape a while back that I spoke in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I listened to it. And, oh, I cringed. Oh, I was so angry. Of course, that was 20 years ago. So, but through the years, God has, you know, helped me mellow out a lot because um, people many times teach with good intentions. They just, they don't know any better. Just like Jesus said, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. And, but anyway, the reason why I get, now I get frustrated, it's a different kind of frustration. When I hear legalism and I hear wrong teaching, it's, it's more of a, it's more of the anger that I think we saw in Jesus when he saw the Pharisees um, teaching things that were not like his father. They were, they were representing the fa- his father wrongly. And it made him angry because um, the little ones that were seeking the father were being dis- uh, disturbed and led astray. And he's, one, one time he spoke to the Pharisees and he said, he said, you had the key of knowledge, which is the scripture. You had the key of knowledge. And you did not enter in and nor... And you, yeah, you did not enter in, and you hindered others who were trying to enter in. That's what I get frustrated about when I see people teach things that are hindering others who are trying to 
find their way in, in God and their journey with God and their intimacy with the Father. And I just really feel the, the sadness of God and the frustration all at the same time. Just like, a, a, you know, because, because he wants this love. He wants us to be free. Stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has set us free. He really wants what he bought for us to be experienced. I mean, he, by the blood of God, the, the book of Acts, there's one sentence in the book of Acts that talks about the blood of God is what redeemed us. Awesome statement in the book of Acts. The blood of God. The blood of God. And so, the zeal of the Lord is all over Jesus. You know, he said the zeal of the Lord. That's when he drove the money changers out of the temple, you know, in fulfillment of the scripture that says he shall be full of the zeal of God, zeal of his father. But what was, what was the source of that zeal? The source of that zeal was really his, his, his love for the bride. He didn't want his bride to be hurt. He didn't want his bride to be hindered and injured. He gave himself for her. So that's why his, 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 uh, the few times you see Jesus angry, the, the few times, and it was very few, it was never against the sinners or the sin, never against you know, what we think is something God should be angry about. It was always about religion. He was always angry at religion that was misrepresenting his father. I mean, you could do anything around Jesus. You could be a prostitute. He would never show any anger. He would just say, don't be afraid. Come to me. Don't be afraid. Come to me. You could have five divorces and be sleeping with a man. He would never be angry. He would say, I understand. You're, you're thirsting for life. You're going from man to man to man to man looking for life. And you come here drinking to get this water that's natural water. And this, you'll be thirsty again for this water too. But I can give you something that you'll never thirst again. Come to me. It's not about you. It's about me. It's not about your resume. It's not about your past history. Come to me. You're thirsting for life. See? He never got angry at anybody except the religious. And that's why they were angry at him. Because he didn't praise them. He didn't, you know. Anyway. I just had a thought, just lost it. It'll come back. But anyway, um, that's why I get frustrated, you know, with, uh, with the mixture that's out there. And, but we need to be real careful about, and God has shown me, you know, to be, be patient and be gentle. Um, wisdom from above is peaceable, easily received, full of mercy, and, um, you know, plant seeds, and, I, and I've learned that I don't have to convince anybody of anything. I've, I just plant seeds. I just, Jesus would do that. He would say things and say, well, if that's true, what about, why did David say this? And he would just walk away. And they would go like, he's got a point. And then the Pharisees would huddle together and try to figure it out, you know, as Jesus walks away smiling. I mean, he was so free, you know, if he was invited to go to the Pharisee's house to have dinner, he would. He'd have dinner at the Pharisee's. He goes, I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere where I'm welcome, he said. I'll go anywhere. No, that was in the movie. But that's true. <laughs> that was in Jesus of Nazareth where he said, I'll go anywhere. Peter, you know, Peter was all mad. He was going to go have dinner with Matthew, the wild tax collector. And, and Jesus in the movie said to Peter, Peter, I'll go anywhere where I'm welcome. They invited him. He said, I'll go. He'll go anywhere where he's welcome. 
And then he went there, and, and I love that scene in Jesus of Nazareth where they're all around the fire, and they're having party, they're partying and drinking and having a great time. And, had, and Matthew was so proud that Jesus would come to his house, you know, because he's considered such a scumbag. And he's like, oh, you came to my house. Okay, and he had food out for him. He was trying to make him feel welcome, Matthew, you know. And, and Jesus was very cordial. And then he goes, I have a story I'd like to tell. Oh, a story. I'm like, sat around Jesus, you know, the fire blazing. And he stands up, and Jesus says, there was a man who had two sons. You know, the prodigal sons. I love that scene, just like Jesus. He'll go anywhere where he's welcome. And he's, as he's talking and telling the story, they love the, the way they did that. Here's Matthew over here, the prodigal son. Here's Peter on the outside looking in like. <laughs> and, then, and then as he told the story of the two sons, you know, Peter's kind of like the legalistic son that doesn't want to give the, his, his wild brother the time of day. And then as Jesus tells the story, Peter, in the movie, Peter goes, starts tears, and he starts, he walks around, the, and then he walks into the room, and then Jesus sees Peter coming in, and Matthew, oh man, it's awesome. That's our Jesus. That's our Jesus. So awesome. Man, I really wanted to speak. I want to. Sh- I, I had. I saw something on TV this morning that got me riled up. Not riled up in a bad way, but just really. It hurts me when I hear people teach that um, the believer still has to confess all their sins to stay forgiven and stay cleansed and stay righteous and stay in intimacy with God. It just really it hurts me. And so maybe next Sunday, if we have the time. I want to, I know we've, I know we've said it before. We've taught it before, but next Sunday I want to look at first John one nine and the context of the whole, the whole thinking, because, you know, Peter said this, Peter said, let me read that real quick. I love this. What Peter said in second Peter, I believe. Yes. Second Peter chapter one, he says, he says, therefore chapter one, verse 12, of Second Peter says, therefore, I shall always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth, which is present with you. And I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder. So I may say things over and over again sometimes, but it's really it's of the spirit. Because we need to hear it again and again sometimes. And every time we say it, we say it a little bit different so it can penetrate. And Peter said, this is a good thing that we are reminded of the truth. Remember, the two wings of the great eagle. Revelation and remembrance. The two wings of the, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us life is to bring us revelation of Jesus and to remind us of all that he said to us. The Spirit shall come and bring remembrance. Bring to remembrance all that I taught you. Because you can get revelation if you forget it. It does nothing. I mean, it's still there. I mean, the truth is still there. But it doesn't help you live life every day if, you don't, if we don't remember. So revelation and remembrance is key. And the one thing Jesus left us to do is to remember. When you eat the bread and drink the cup, remember. Yeah, you can't really fly with one wing. But two. So the Lord willing, next Sunday I want to try to look at First John 1, 9 and... 
Peter, sure. Second Peter, chapter one, verse twelve and thirteen. Yeah. So, um, just ponder this, and we'll go into this more next Sunday. I think you'll love this. This when you see what First John one nine is really saying, it's going to be so clear. Remember, John is talking about this awesome fellowship that he had with the Father and with the Son. He was writing these. He was writing to the believers that they would also enjoy this awesome fellowship that, that they were enjoying, that the apostles were enjoying, the fellowship with the Father and the Son. And he said this in his letter. He said, this is the message he has given us to declare. This is the message he has given us to declare. That God is light. And in him, there is no darkness. Now, saints, think about this. What is he saying there? This is the same apostle who wrote the Gospel of John, who wrote about this awesome reality of us being in Christ and Christ in us, us being in him, the Son being in us. John 17, this awesome revelation of a union, right? He's not saying the, the, the great message that God gave John, the apostles, the great message that God gave John and the apostles is not that God does not have any darkness in him. They knew that. Think about this, saints. He's not saying that. That's not the great message he has given us to proclaim in the world, that God is light and there's no darkness in God. God doesn't have any darkness in him. Well, duh. That's not the great message. What he's saying there, saints, is this, and that's, this, is, this sets the tone for understanding 1 John 1, 9. He's saying there, saints, that the message God has given us to proclaim is that God, who is light, has come. We tasted, we touched him, we saw him, the word of life. God, who is light, has come. And every person who is in him has no darkness. That's what he's saying. That was a message that could not have been spoken in the earth until Jesus came. Exactly. Exactly. And then you begin to see what that message, that verse really means. It's really talking to an unbeliever that he needs to agree with God, that he's a sinner, that he needs to have a savior. But we saints, the message he has given us to proclaim is that if you're in him, you have no darkness in you at all. He's done it. Paul said the same thing. Once we were darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. This is powerful, saints. The real meaning of 1 John is about to explode on this planet. And it will blow away the wrong concept of this 1 John 1, 9 teaching that the believer has to continually name his sins to stay forgiven and stay cleansed and stay right with God. It's worse than the old covenant where, where there was a reminder of sins every day. Reminder of sins. Old covenant. Covering. Covering concept. It's a covering concept. As opposed to the taking away concept of the new covenant where there's not a remembrance of sin. There's a remembrance of him. It's coming. I tell you, yes. I tell you, a great tsunami, a great tsunami of revelation 
of Jesus himself and his work is coming. And it will not be stopped. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming to kiss his bride. And he will not be denied. Lord, thank you so much. Help us see your gentleness has made us great. Your gentleness. Oh, Lord, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Oh, Father, thank you so much. All we can do is say thank you. Lord, help us to sing together now, not trying to sing you down to earth, but help us see that we sing from heaven to earth. Help us rest as we worship this morning, Lord, and rejoice in what is and not what we hope will be. For now we can eat and drink of you, and now we can eat and drink of life. Thank you, Lord, that you are inside us and we are inside you. Oh, Father, you did it. Our king did it. And we honor our king. Such a humble king. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray a blessing on my my brothers and sisters. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you would come upon them in greater measure, through the the Holy Spirit, Father. I pray that we would see the unseen in ways never before. I pray from the inside out there would be a fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of your love, of your compassion, of your passion, of your zeal, the fire of a lover for a lover. Father, I pray that would be such an awesome awareness of blue skies in you and no darkness in you, that we would be so bold to call you Papa, Abba, that we would run to you and not be afraid. There'd be no fear, for perfect love has cast out all fear. And we would know you and you would know us. Lord, help us bring this intimacy to us by your own hand, by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that's given, that we might know the things that are freely given to us in Christ. Father, I pray for a new boldness for the body of Christ to see and believe and reach and rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Help us see, oh God, this awesome work of the Son that has been done for the ages, that we might know the loving kindness of the Father toward us in all ages and in the eternity to come. Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us see. Open our eyes like never before, Father. Help us see there are more with us than with them. Thank you, Father, for the awesome power. For you are our reward and our exceeding great reward. You are our shield, Father. You are our shield and our exceeding great reward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, O King. Thank you, Lord, our King. Amen.